And here you will stay, Gandalf the Grey, and rest from journeys. For I am Saruman the Wise, Saruman the Ringmaker, Saruman of many colors! <laughs> I think we're just trying to one up each other right now. I think so. I think like that's what the It's so good though, about. Ben. So good. You know, there there's no matching the unmatchable Christopher Lee, the the man that James Bond is basically based on. What? Uh, yeah, that uh, I someone will probably uh come for you. Yeah, but I have heard and it's one of those things cuz I remember saying this for so long that when Alfonso Cuaron directed Prisoner of Azkaban, he made uh, Ron, Harry, and Hermione write an essay about their character. And, of course, Emma <laughs> Watson's was perfect. You know, right. like 10 pages long, double-spaced, everything. Harry's was okay, and Ron forgot to do it. Like, and I, I've said that story for so long. Like, since the movie, before the movie came out. Uh, and when was that? Like, 2003, 2004? Oh, my God, Sure. And then when the anniversary thing on HBO Max happened, they confirmed it. I was like, oh my God, I haven't been telling a lie my entire life. That's a real story. And I was so happy. And, and this is the first time I'm hearing it too. Yeah. So it's not like it's Googleable. It's not like you know that. Right. Go, like, go I don't know where. Toe. That must have been like an Entertainment Weekly article or something. Cause like, I wasn't listening to trades or super into movie news when I was that You're young. You're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, so possibly take this with a grain of salt, but with that track record of mind is that Ian Fleming, the creator of James Bond is friend was friends with Christopher Lee and Christopher Lee was like, MI five, like wow. there's that story. Oh, um, wasn't he on set? Didn't he say that bone chilling thing? That's not yeah, how you because, kill you know, a man the, or something. When when <laughs> Grima stabs him and Peter's like, Peter's like, and then you let out a big scream. Christopher He's like, Peter. Have you ever stabbed someone in the in the heart in the lungs before? They don't scream. <laughs> and and everyone was just like, um, okay, Christopher. <laughs> and that's why, like, Peter, I don't think Peter Jackson was actually afraid for his life, but he was like, I, when you know they had kind of their falling out until The Hobbit, um, he was just it's like, that is. They, that was the last person I wanted to make angry. Right, because I was going to say, if Peter Jackson was afraid for his life, you don't cut Christopher Lee out of the movie entirely. Yeah. yeah which gosh. he does do. Um, he does. And I understand his reasoning for it, but it, it is What? Like, is it time? It's just like, Sorman was the bad guy of Two Towers, and you want Sauron to be the total villain of the third movie. Where, because like I feel like the Nazgul are kind of like the big bads in the first one, and then it's Saruman, sure. and then it's Sauron. Um, but just like I, I watched that thing the other day where it's just like they literally just walk up to Isengard. They like, oh, where's Saruman? I don't know. He's in there somewhere. Oh, there's the plenty. Okay, bye. And that's it. That's the whole scene. It's the weirdest thing, and it's just like. It's so strange. Ew, yeah, I haven't watched the non-extended version. Oh, I was watching. Yeah, I was watching some YouTube like essay about it, about like the this guy like watching the, the extended versions for the first time, and he's like, it, it's. He made a good point because I do agree, and we will get to Sarman. Uh, this is podcast of the rings. I'm Ben. <laughs> Listen, this is the whole show. So this yeah, we actually didn't even tell people exactly what we're doing here, but finish your thought, and then we will tell them. It's like I kind of agreed with it. I hadn't really thought about it, but you you take the good and I say the word bad like very loosely, but just with the extended version of Return of the King, it's like you need the Sorman stuff. You need you can't it. Like do you can't it, have yeah. it without it. But on the other hand, you get the extended Aragorn on the Paths of the Dead stuff, and you kind of get the same beat twice where mm -hmm. he comes out of the Paths of the Dead, they run in, and it's a it's a great moment where he's like, oh, fire a warning shot, and he like hits his bow and you know kills Peter Jackson, another little cameo from him, it's great. Mm -hmm. um, but then you kind of get the same thing again where he's like, you and what army? And like the army comes out, and then you kind of have that same moment again on the dock when they jump off the boat, I mean, when they jump off the boat that you've seen them take over now where it's like, 
it's kind of the same moment again. And in the theater, you don't like in the theatrical cut, he never says like, oh, we'll fulfill our oath. So when the boats pull up, you kind of do think they're pirates. And like it is, oh. if you've never read the book, if you're just a movie watcher, it is kind of a big reveal. Like, oh my gosh, the ghost army's here. We won. Like it's the big returning of the tide after you get the the rohan charge and you know then the oliphants come it's a, it's so well directed where it's like oh big high oh big low oh big high with the you know the the witch king dying oh big late it's it's so well done but it's just like i do agree a little bit that the, the choice the choice of like seeing like the army and kind of having the same moment again is like oh I understand what he's saying at the very least. I still enjoy it. I'll take the extended cut 11 Any out of day. 10 times. Yeah, I can never watch. And I, I, it sounds so bougie to say, but I think it was like Christmas 2021. Uh, my parents don't own the extended and we watched like the, the first fellowship. Uh, and I was like, I can't. And so like when they when they I went to bed. I can imagine that being difficult though. It was, dude, it was. And it's so funny because like my mom, uh, who I loved to death, but she was like, I don't want to watch a four-hour movie. And then an hour into the th the theatrical, she's like, I'm going to bed. I'm like, what? This, oh, is, no. this is your fault. You did <laughs> right. this to us. And, and so, also, like, when they all went to long. bed, I they... bought them all on Amazon. I was like, we're <laughs> watching the extended, and y'all can fall asleep. I don't care. But you forget, too, that the the tra the uh, credits are part of the length of that yeah. as well, too. So when in reality, you're looking at a three-and-a-half-hour movie, which is not... You can sit and watch Titanic, Mom. You could also sit and watch this. So Exactly. What we're doing here today, uh, if you may remember after my great disparagement on Samwise Gamgee last week, uh, Ben and I decided that, like most of us who watch the extended versions for the holidays, or you know, you might be coming up on your great rewatch, uh, we too will split each movie into about three episodes. Yes. So kind of like what we did with The Hobbit. Let's talk about a chunk, chunk, chunk. I think we did. Uh, we th I think we split them in the half, but that makes sense because there's not as much fun stuff to talk about in. Yeah, the Hobbit. and like it was just me ma basically making excuses for <laughs> to come back. I like them. I like them even though I shouldn't. <laughs> well, no, you did, and and honestly, actually, Alex and I just watched through Rowan Atkinson's Rowan Atkinson's. The Black Adder, and I don't know if you're familiar with this. Mm. I think it's pre Mr. Bean, or at least the TV show. Oh, I don't know. If okay. It, and I was under the impression that Rowan Atkinson was only the Bean, Mr. Bean. Yeah. And, and the first time you heard him talk was in Love Actually, and that's why it was like some big fun reveal, yada yada. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm sure he was a comedian. I just didn't know his previous work. Let's put it that way. And yeah. the 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 setup is there a lot of great men have made England what it is. And the black adder is not that black adder. It's, it's always the same actors black. Uh, it's Rowan Atkinson, um, Tom Robinson and Tim McInerney, a couple of, a couple of like guys you've never seen before, but they're great. And the black adder is like always trying to rise to power. Always. There's always a, um, like eccentric, uh, leader, you have like Queen Elizabeth in one. You have uh, Richard the Third's son in the first one. Just like and Brian Blessed plays that character. So you have these outlandish characters. All of yeah. a sudden, Stephen Fry shows up in the <gasps> second season, and I, it, it it's a game changer. And then Hugh Laurie shows up. So the remaining three seasons, you have absolute powerhouses. And I knew and liked Stephen Fry before we did The Hobbit. Didn't know he was in it. I would have even more appreciated having it if I had watched The Black Adder. So anyway, you're not wrong to find the merits in The Hobbit. But what we thought we'd do in the run-up to finally talking about the movies is talk about the villains, the actual, the true villains of the trilogy. We spent a lot of time talking about the Fellowship members and uh, Ben and I whittled down to like the two pivotal characters, obviously, are Saruman and Sauron. You got your one tower on one side, your tower on the other. And then like the people that kind of fall under those bad guys, we'll talk about them at the same time. So we have Sauron, uh, Saruman today, and that means Grima Wormtongue, the Scouring of the Shire, and the Urukai, and I think that's about it, right? Yeah, I'd Nazgul say so. Because the Nazgul fall under... Sauron. Sauron. 
And I think we were going to talk about um, Gollum with Sauron, too. I think. I think so. I think that's like his whole thing is the ring. So yes, that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, so I think the crux of this episode is Sauron um, in general. And yeah, Christopher Lee is it, probably the only major Tolkien fan, too. Yes. Which like, made him even more upset to be excluded from the third film, I think. Just from, like, a purist sense. Yeah, and, like, I understand... There's a lot... Especially when it comes to, like, Frodo and Sam's story, I under understand the editing choices, because, like... I remember being upset about that, too. I was like, wait, Shelob's in the in third In the third movie? one, yeah. That's, hmm. Like, even as, like, a, you know, a 10-year-old book person, I was like, hmm, I don't know about I that I didn't one. like that they killed Boromir at the end of the first one. I was bothered by that. But it That's makes fair. sense. Yeah. I wonder if Boromir's more, he's, like, he's not the antagonist. I was going to say he's the big bad, but he's, like, the biggest threat. I would say it's the Nazgul because, like, especially in the book, I mean, even in the movie, like, you know, they, they run into them, you know, when they run into Merry and Pippin, when the, they kind of get basically introduced. But, like, in the book, it's like they're right outside Bag End when they meet them and, like, they're saved by, like, the Wood Elves. Right. Sure. That's fair. So I think one of the things that's important to talk about when you're talking about Saruman is he wasn't always a bad dude. Yep. He came to the Middle Earth being sent there by, you know, the gods, essentially, to... Was it to rid the Earth of Sauron? Yes. So, uh, he was a powerful Maiar who, who served the smith. I didn't write down the smith's name. Uh, but his original name was Kurumo. Uh, he was the first to volunteer, first of the Maiar to volunteer to go to Middle Earth to... Not fight Sauron, but more help the people of Middle-earth. Like the blue wizards yeah. and Gandalf. Um, Wait, so what's it, a smith? Is that a job, or is it like... It's like one of the gods, like one of the Valar. Got um, it. But he was, like, he was the first to volunteer, but he was not the first choice. Gandalf was the first choice, and so from the beginning... And I what? and this is the thing. This is the thing about Saruman is that like I don't know how much of his history was written after Lord of the Rings. And so I don't know how much like hindsight is in Tolkien's writing when he writes about Saruman where it's like oh hmm. like cuz they say like that's where his jealousy of Gandalf began. He wasn't evil. He did plenty of good things in that time, but that's where his jealousy of Gandalf began is because Gandalf was the first choice of the of the Valar to be the leader of the Maiar or the of the Astari. And then he was also Galadriel chose Gandalf to lead the White Council and Gandalf said no. OK. I so like, twi like two no. very pivotal moments where Sauron's like the class, like the class representative. They're like, no. This guy over here. Gandalf's like that cool guy that like doesn't study but knows all the answers. Meanwhile, Saruman's taking all the AP classes, all the electives. Like, you know, he's got an internship. But Gandalf still is going to get the, the scholarship for some yeah, reason. Yeah, because everybody, everybody likes, likes him. him. Yeah. <laughs> Gandalf is the definition of it's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Alex and I just started watching. This is my second watch, but... It's his first watch of Vic, uh, Veronica Mars. So this is really feeling like a Veronica Mars episode. Did you ever watch that? I watched the first two episodes and it's one of those things. It's where too it's hard like, to watch. It's now. so dated, dude. Like everybody's wearing puka shells. <laughs> Like, all the all of like the the lens colorings is, is the lens color. I thought it was like a pilot thing. And then I watched the second. And I was like, oh, no. This is just it's how this. it's the it's the choice that they're making. And I'm sorry, like I know, like you can watch Euphoria, and none of those kids look like they're in high school, but they don't look forty like they do in Veronica Mars. That's so funny because it's all Alex could talk about is how old Kristen Bell looks. But at, when I first watched it, and I was thirty, and she's twenty five when she books the role, right? Uh, yeah. And I'm a huge Kristen Bell fan. She might Love be my her. favorite actress death. of all time, um, but. Like, I did not 
scrutinize that as much. And now I'm looking at it, I'm going, how did we ever? <laughs> her, her and then uh, the Logan, Latino gangster guy. Uh, Weevil, I know. Weevil, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Weevil has a 401k. <laughs> like... But he's so great in it, though, too. He's oh, great. I like that actor because I've seen him in like other stuff like before Veronica Mars. Like he's been like a big character actor. I had no idea he was in Veronica Mars, and I sure. guess that's obviously like his big starring role. But I was just like, come, come on. <laughs> I was no, listening to a podcast ad- about he's like, an adult, and yeah, then he he is like that is worse than like Greece because I was talking <laughs> about that with my mom this weekend where I was like, Greece is so bad. That as a kid, you don't really like register when, you know, the talk show host goes to the high school and like they do the high school dance and they're filming it and it's on TV and he's like hitting on one of the girls. Yeah. You don't realize that that's supposed to be bad because they look the same age. <laughs> like they're right. both like 35. But <laughs> in reality, right. he's supposed to be 35. She's supposed to be 16 or 17. But it's like they look the same age. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just funny. And then you realize you're like, oh, no, she's in high school. He's a, a grown he's adult. A- creepy man yeah well, and then the other thing is too you kind of said it when you are 12 everyone over 18 yep. looks like they're the same age yeah really and truly so we're also not clocking it so if you're you know 13 14 15 you're watching that show you're like i kind of wait could i look that good you know yeah like it's a I'm- little hard to to watch if you didn't watch it before though yeah who was it like oh i think like the one viral tiktok that i've had was like this so nothing tiktok where um i can't think of her name she was in uh ant-man uh she was just in this last season of um uh boba fett is uh, it the daughter no it uh, like it's um she's like one of the the adam people uh you know like one of the the people that are like fighting so she's like she's ripped Oh, yes, yes, I understand. Yeah, and, like, it's just, like, a moment on the red carpet where she walks up and she's, like, in this sleeveless, like, vest. She looks great. And, like, she, like, kind of takes the mic. Like, she's joking. And it's just, like, this moment where she looks great. She's ripped. And I'm just, like, oh, that – and I just stitched it. And I was, like, oh, that's Abby for season two of The Last of Us. And if you know anything about The Last of Us, Abby is, like, the main antagonist. But Mm. you play as her. And Abby's really buff. And for some reason, literally a 10 second, it just went viral. And, and it's so funny. Everyone was like, oh, well, she's like 32 and Abby's supposed to be like 19. I'm like, I didn't respond because there's no point in responding. There's no point. But it's just like, you watch anything, any high school movie ever. They're so old. Like I I was watching, uh, um, remember the Titans this last weekend. One of my favorite sports movies of all time. Is I'm that the sorry. Keanu Reeves one? No, you're thinking of The Replacements. Oh, I got to get back and watch The Replacements, please. Great movie. I got to go watch that one right now. Okay, remember The Titans? I don't know if I ever watched it, but I saw... Oh, wait, it's the team that took over after the other team died. No, that's We Are Marshall. <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> this is the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, this is my guess now. Just, just, like, just guessing every other football movie. I always have complained The Replacements with... We're uh, we're Titans or whatever, so I'm glad we are Marshall. Like that's so obscure. That's not even like a popular movie. You know what I'm talking about, though. I do, I do. Okay, okay. So sorry, you were watching that one, yeah. And they just look old. Like I mean, like not old. They're all like you know in their 20s, but it's just like they're not high schoolers. None of them. No. Although, you know, even Elijah Wood doesn't look like he's the age he is while they're recording it, while they're filming the movies. He doesn't look like a little baby. He looks like a little baby in the faculty, though. I will say that. Because that was like his movie, I think, right before this. Well, how old was he? Was he supposed to be his teenager in that? He, I mean, they were in high school. Yeah. Famous high school movie. Uh, apparently not. Um, apparently not. But... There was a yeah the, the the jealousy between Saruman and Gandalf really does feel like a Mar- Veronica Mars episode. I also, it's a lot like high school. Am I right, guys? Yeah, we're back on track. There we let's go. Let's go. go. Let's go. I got us. We got there. Um, I I also am one of those people that really struggles with the fact that Tolkien decided to name his two antagonists such similar names. Are you yeah. bothered by that too? A little bit. Yeah, and, like, it's almost, I guess, kind of tipping, like, the hat to, like, an audience or something like that. But I feel like even, 
they don't do any tipping of the hat in the book at all. There's no, there, nothing lets you think for a second that Saruman might be a bad dude. Yeah. Like, Christopher Lee just has that presence. So, like, you're already kind of like, it's the same thing with, movie, like, Sean Bean. In a movie, you have a little less time to be yeah. delicate about that stuff. Yeah. But in the in the book, I remember it being a, a very big betrayal. Although, Huge. one of the things I wanted to talk about, and maybe I'll save it for the end of the episode, but, you know, because we want to talk about Wormtongue, who basically was the the reason not denethor um theoden was not well for a very long time um but i want to talk about was saruman wrong to do what he did what wait what is this a, are we no i'm still no. tired from sam are we doing this uh, no again? we're not doing we're not i'm not actually being apologetic but one of his thought processes was there's no possible way to beat Sauron. And so the easier choice is to join him. And I understand the logic of it. So, but, but what I'm asking is, was he wrong to make that choice? Because there really was no hope against beating Sauron. You say that, but then he forms the Urukai, and I feel like the Urukai could have done some serious damage against Sauron's forces. Well, but Sauron, if you follow this particular thread of history, was the one who corrupted the elves to become orcs in the first place. Yeah. And I don't know then he would have been, I don't know that Sauron would have been able to work with the elves the orcs if he wasn't already sided with Sauron. I think he could have. I think you can create orcs like for your own purpose. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I was looking them up because like they just kind of yada yada that like, oh, uh, goblin men and orcs like he br bred them. And like in the movie, they're like coming out of mud pits. And yes, I don't, I don't know sure how. I yeah, sure are. very creepy, very well, very good, like, body horror. Um, but I don't know. I, f I feel like you could, and because he does betray Sauron. Like, he does betray him for his own interests. Like, it yes, he's don't remind me. He wants the ring for himself. He's not getting the ring for Sauron. I didn't think that. Is that true? It's what, that's what it felt like in the movie because... Well, I don't know if that's true. Maybe it's true for the movie, but I don't know if that's true for the book. I, th I mean, it's like the video I watched, the Nerd of the Rings video I watched, like, okay, says that right. like once he, he sends out the Urukai, like he wants the ring for himself. I see. And so I feel like. But it wasn't he, to 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 beat Sauron. It was. I think it was to beat Sauron. He wants to be the the one. Ah. Uh, yeah. He wanted the power. He wanted the power, and so I feel like. Granted, he doesn't have the numbers, but I don't know, man. The Urukai are pretty crazy. Like, I feel like like if regular orcs, and I feel like that's what happened, like, in the books more. Like, the Urukai are definitely, like, a thing. But I don't think, you know, it's not all 10,000 are all Urukai. That's kind of no. like, you know, like a, a hodgepodge of, like, you know, goblins and orcs and wolves and all this crazy stuff. Um but like in the movies, they do such a good job of being like, no, these guys are organized. They are armored. They are, you know, goose stepping in line. Yeah, um, they've they're, got, they're like, literally dangerous. I'm, yeah. And there's something especially about like the orcs in Mordor that are kind of like fumbling and like fighting each other. And Sam's able yeah. to like, there's something like there's something dangerous about a chaotic orc. But but I think what, what made the Urukai actually genuinely frightening, frightening was their um intelligence yeah they're big and they're smart like like the the kirith ungol orc that takes the the mithril shirt is like the perfect example of like how dangerous mortar orcs are like he's like drop kicking people like he's like a bar fight guy where he's like he's he's been small his whole life so he really needs to know how to fight right. and survive right um but like urukai they're just big they're just big 
and they've got great armor and they've got big old swords and like they will not stop especially like those crazy berserker ones like you know, with the war paint like that are shirtless like th those guys are like on a different level so. yeah they and they're really a pain are. in the butt in the video game oh my god the berserker orcs oh. were just the worst dude oh so i don't give fandom even though we have friends that work with them always like a hundred percent on there it's it's always like a little bit watered down their uh wiki and it's like always like 98 percent correct but mm. uh their second par paragraph says but in time sauron was overcome by lust for power and swore fealty to sauron becoming his vassal or puppet I don't know if he became his puppet, really. Having betrayed the free peoples, the corrupted wizard hoped to either rule Middle-earth together with his new master, master or supplant him to rule all himself. So I think it sounds like he's playing both sides, right? Yeah, he definitely was playing both sides. Like, he wanted the support. Like, he wanted the backup. Like, oh, I've got Sauron behind me. And, you know, like, you can help build his war engines. And, you know, maybe maybe you do need, like, some evil to get the power of the orc or something like that. I don't know really how it works officially. But I think the minute he got the ring, he was going to crown himself king. I'm sure there's a world where he tries that. But, yes. but I think, in general, the motivation stays the same. He didn't see... He didn't have the hope and the purity of heart that, like, say, Gandalf does. Um, also, because it actually makes sense, you kind of leave Sauron in his tower alone. You become isolationist and xenophobic in a sense, and you don't believe in the good in the world because instead, Gandalf never had a permanent home and was walking all over the place and getting to see the good and what needed to be preserved. So he didn't have this hope, let's say, that Sauron didn't have, right? Or yeah because what happened uh was that the gondor was a steward in orthanc as well but as like you know the kingdom kind of fell by the wayside they got weaker and weaker away from the numenorean bloodline they lost that power and the what like I, I call them wildlings but like the people we see in two towers like raiding the villages um those people took over orthanc from gondor and that's when uh, Saruman was like, I'll take over Orthanc if you guys need like a, a steward or something mm. like that. And like Gondor was like quick to be like, oh my gosh, a wizard watching our border? Absolutely. Right. And so sure. Rohan was very in favor of that because Saruman figured that's where the Palantir was. He was like, I bet you they they haven't gone into Orthanc into those highest levels or, you know, unlocked its secrets. And that's how he figured out where the Palantir was. And that's why he uh, volunteered to take Orthanc was for the Palantir. Where, how was Orthanc created to begin with? Or that who was I do in not there know. originally? Um, I would like to know. And how, so we get Grima, which this is kind of where, uh, uh, you know, uh, she who shall not be named, AKA JK Rowling, um, oh kind of takes a book from like kind of takes a page from Tolkien's book with writing characters' names. Wormtongue, you know he's a bad guy. You just hear the name. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I know. Like I, I want to. It says the exact date of construction of Orthing and establishment of Isengard is untold. However, it is likely built between uh, Second Age thirty three twenty, the time of the establishment of the Arnor and Gondor. It does um, not say who was the who was the creator of it. Uh, it says the Dunedine. Okay. Oh, that I do remember reading that. That's interesting. Uh, I just okay. didn't. Um, let me just tell you this: Brad Dourif is one of my favorite actors of all time. I have a thing for squirmy, just kind of weird, squeak like weaselly dudes i also really love bobcat goldwing <laughs> <laughs> boy would i pay so much money to see bobcat be grima warm tongue oh oh, oh sorry you gotta get oh my god sorry <laughs> oh my god too oh, sorry aon your brother's dead <laughs> <laughs> i would Love that. That's actually very good fan casting. Uh, Brad Dourif also is in Dune, too. Um, 
he yes he is in in the david lynch dune and i didn't know because i would have never let myself watch this if my twitch community didn't make me that he is chucky and that's awesome yeah he's amazing as chucky oh he's yeah that's, i feel like I feel like before Lord of the Rings, that was probably his most famous role was was Chucky. It would have to be. I think. Yeah. I think he obviously has done things before. I don't... oh, like he was. He's great in Deadwood. Like he's he's such a great character actor. Like he can do so many things. And Doom sure. didn't launch anybody's career necessarily. Um, funnily enough, Patrick yeah. Stewart's in Dune. Yes, he's uh, holding a pug while he goes to war. Yes, he sure is. And uh, that character is, is actually by definition in the book very ugly and then yet they can't they cast uh patrick stewart and he tells a funny story and then he cast josh brolin too <laughs> oh i have s so many grievances with the casting for the movie like the newest movie like genuine arguments jason momoa is a travesty what I, he's so is, good as duncan idaho the worst duncan idaho he is uh, like actually embarrassing as duncan idaho do you know why here's what I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go off topic here's why jason momoa can't act his way through a paper bag duncan if we were to see him literally fulfill the characters roles in future movies which granted we're not going to they're not gonna make seven books like they did you know i think denise said he at least wants to make four then Jason Momoa is the biggest mistake. It's dumb. I I actually stand by that even stronger because Duncan goes through some stuff, Ben, that Jason Momoa has never even felt in his life. I, I wow. And honest to God, the better the better casting would have been Oscar Isaac's. Genuinely, he was okay as the dad like a wonderful dad oh okay hold on oh no no a wonderful no, no, dad, no a wonderful dad but wasted in getting him killed off in the first movie when I, he could have been duncan idaho i i rest my case have you read the books you haven't right i haven't i'm but not using not that against it. you jason momoa is a terrible actor and they miscast i him. don't agree with that i don't he's, think he's a bad actor he's a good actor he's charismatic that's that's about all that he's got going for him. Uh, and the some same, muscles. Now, I'm not going to compare him to like Denzel or like Gene Hackman or something, but a lot of these guys play the same thing over and over, and they're just very good at it, and so is Jason Momoa. D Duncan is not, is not just a grunt. He's just not. He's not. I don't this... think he played just a grunt in the movie. I don't think Jason Momoa can fulfill what is asked of Duncan Idaho in future Now, I, don't, I can't say that because I haven't read the books. I haven't read Son of Dune and, and Dune Arrakis and all the crazy things where everyone becomes someone's son through like craziness. Like, I've heard rumors of what happens in Dune. And I I'm, don't think you have, I actually. I hope Denis just, just stays said. on and makes every Dune book because it sounds insane. Great. Oh, Dune is amazing. Dune, Dune's but, amazing. But for what he was asked to do in this first movie, he did great. And they were very short-sighted. So I'm just leaving you with that. Duncan Idaho is my absolute favorite Dune character of all time. And they miscast him. And that's not just even my ego saying that. It's just a fact. And I'm looking forward to other people coming out of the woodwork and it's too late. It's too late. But it should have been Oscar Isaacs. It should have been. I do agree. <gasps> or Idris. Oh, yeah. You can say Idris for literally anything. I I'm know, but he should have known. Um, but I will agree, as much as I loved Oscar Isaac as Duke, um, like, uh, sorry, as Leto, um, just, it, it is just such a shame that we won't get to see him. Like it's, it's, it's under, and that's the story. Perfect, yeah. And I understand that, but I was like, as a first time watcher, I was like, Oh mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. But it's a good moment for people like me. I was like, Oh my gosh. I like, think it's really great to cast someone as wonderful as him though, too. Cause the loss you have to be endeared to that. You have to be endeared to that person right away. And the loss you feel it for sure. Oh yeah. The, the line where he says, uh, leadership may call to you and no matter what your answer is you'll always be my son oh my god uh, who wouldn't want to hear that from oscar isaac like they even wrote him better than literally uh frank herbert did it's it's i'm not saying that he was bad as the duke i'm saying he was underused moving right along going back to brad Dourif, we get worm tongue he's been poisoning theoden's brain 
And honestly, he's one of the most... Um, I think he's literally poisoning him in the book, too. Like, I think he's, like, actually poisoning him. Oh, that's probably right. I can, yeah. I can only imagine. There's some sort of wizardry going on. I think that it is powered by Saruman as well. I agree with that, for sure. Um, because Wormtongue is, like, you know, an underling of Saruman. Mm-hmm. Um Interestingly enough, though, I do feel like Gandalf is able, maybe in, in the movie more so, but able to kind of get to the heart of what Wormtongue is about and kind of make him, like, have a coming to Jesus. Am I wrong in remembering that? In the movie, it's, like, it's very frustrating because even, like, I don't know. I understand the moment of, like, Aragorn being like, no, he's caused enough bloodshed. Don't kill him. I'm like, he's about to cause a lot more. Yes. Like. But it's almost like the Gollum aspect. It is because later Wormtongue is the one to kill Saruman. But, like, even not as much in the movie. But it's not worth it for what. It's it's really, it's not. Like, (laughs) right there, you know, Saruman, I'm sure, would have come up with some kind of plan to break the deeping wall. But, like. In the movies, at least, I'm combining the movie, like the worst parts of the movies and the books <laughs> sure. here, because in the movie, he's the one that tells them about the little gutter that they blow up, and because they would have won the fight easily with all the elves just shooting arrows, and yeah, go up one at a time on the ladder, and Gimli's just waiting for you. Um, but, <laughs> but he's the one that gives them the info of the the weak point, and then on the other hand, he's with Sar- Saruman, like. Scoring the Shire at the end of the books, too. Right, like, right. He, so, Wormtongue, I guess, like, even in the book, it's, it's the same in the movie where Saruman just pushes his little lapdog one insult too far, and he's like, that's it, I snapped, and I, I'm going to kill you. But it's not like he does it out of any altruistic motive because he immediately dies right after in both the book and the movie. But it's just like... It's not worth... Here's the thing. I guess you can't. Yeah, I don't know what the intention of Tolkien would be in keeping Wormtongue alive. Because also, trigger warning, he's rapey too. Like it's not like he is. It's not like he's just like great. You can all you can assume that like the orcs are all bad. Let's just entertain that, right? And probably Sauron is a bad dude and messes with the ladies too. But like legitimately Grima's whole motivation is to get Eowyn. Yes. And it's disgusting. And it's, it's literally said, said, so I don't know what the benefit of leaving this objectively evil character alive benefits the story whatsoever. I think it like, I don't know. Maybe it's to show that both sides, like some people are, don't get redeemed and others do like i don't i wouldn't want every single person to be golem like you know watching as as new as i am to anime like there are like a lot of anime tropes that i pick up where you can tell like oh this guy's gonna be redeemed like this villain's gonna Mm. turn around or something Mm. or this guy who's like you know the class jerk is really gonna have a good motivation in the end and it's like those tropes are present veronica mars i'm telling you no i refuse there all of a sudden, this kiss happened in episode 10, and it's... I, you know what? I got Luke in the OC. You can keep whoever... <laughs> I like Veronica... them both. I like them both, okay? I'm not, I can I can appreciate <laughs> both. Nah. I was expecting that cop to have, like, a oh, liar. <laughs> no. I mean, I, again, like, I, if I watched Veronica Mars when it came out when I was in high school, I'd probably be the saying the same thing. But it's just like uh, I, very few shows can you go back and not be like, oh, God. I, I, but they did redeem like an antagonistic kid. It does happen. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it's not surprising that it's funny that there's a lot of parallels at the moment. Um, so, yes, you're saying that you're seeing the OK, I'm going to see this person. We never see Grima turn around. We don't. We really don't. And it's really it is like. I think it's just like a, it is tragic, like because he is just this this whipping boy this whole time, and just like how did he's he not, come to find? How did he come to Saruman? I think Saruman like just found him mm. in Rohan and was just like, this guy is a guy I can probably manipulate, mm. and just kind of planted him there, and was probably like you know in his ear like, oh, this is how this is what you say to get close to the king, and then we'll go from there. And so it's just like he 
he was probably mani- manipulated himself, obviously. Like, but he just never gets, he never gets his, like, second chance or anything. Or he doesn't take it. Like, it seems, in the movie, they do a good job of seeing, like, oh, when the- uh, Theoden's like, come down, be rid of him. And it seems like he's about to. Mm-hmm. And then, like, right. Sorman's just like, get out of here, pimp slap. And then he's like, no, I'm going to stab you. And then Lego's like, oh, my excuse. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> it was like in South Park, like uh, anytime they go hunting, they're like, all you have to do is you have to say they're coming right at you to make it like legal. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like, it's like, he's coming right at me. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> they're coming right now. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> I was so scared for my life. Yeah. <laughs> as you're on this tower 400 feet up. <laughs> well, and how did... Um... So did they leave? So Saruman was like in the tower in the books, and did they leave Isengard? And is that I think they left Isengard, and then like they like they kind of do what they do in the theatrical cut of the movie, where they're like, "We'll let him rot." The but but the trees take over, the Ents take over. Somehow he escapes. I I I haven't. I stopped reading. I I meant to finish Return of the King, and I just never did. So I, I. forgot how he escapes it's from... funny alex and i are in the middle of it and haven't been able to restart it so I, yeah I'm, yeah but he does get to the shire and he does they get do... to the shire and like that's that's such a crushing thing oh, in no. the book where you're like well what's up yeah Treebeard granted them release which i i oh. think this is all Treebeard's fault wow i don't Treebeard the real villain question mark yeah, Sormen eventually managed to persuade the Ents holding him captive to let him leave Isengard after he handed them the key of Orthanc. He then went to the Shire, uh, which is ally. I, I saw this. Saxville Baggins is allied no! with Saruman to no! help him scour the Shire. No! They're actually evil. So here's Act- the thing. Like, Lobelia... We should she's have just done a, this. She's the big old B word in the movie. She is an actual co-conspirator. Where was Labilia on January 6th? I want to know. I want to know. Because uh, she was in Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> office. She's got her laptop. It's confirmed. <laughs> Wait, is that missing? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I can't keep track of everything. I mean, whatever happened, a lot went down. I So that is actually awful. That is awful. What terrible people. What terrible people steal all the silverware f- from your cousin that you want, but like. But that's what that's the gateway drug, Ben. I guess, man. Like, what I really want to. Somebody needs to do like a deep dive on the Saxville Baggins <laughs> and figure out like what happened. We did like, the wrong. We did the episode on the wrong person. It yeah, apparently. To be. <laughs> like, uh, so next week is Sauron, and the third week is going to be this, just the Saxville Bagginses, because they are just the true villain oh lurking in the shadows. Wow. You thought Sauron was the big bad? Too bad you're coming home to the Saxville Bagginses, like burning every rick cotton tree, like Eowyn says. Like, oh my gosh. Cheesy crazy. Well,. Um, so interesting fact that I did read about Saruman, which does make sense when he was killed, his, uh, soul or whatever was denied the West. He wasn't able to go. It's like the saddest thing ever is that in the video I watched, it said the, the, they saw a white light that turned towards the West and then vanished. (gasps) And then like. But, like, didn't go west. And so even, like, he's one of the few immortal beings that was denied, like, immortal afterlife. Or does his soul wander now? I think his soul wanders Middle-earth, which is, like... And and Sauron is... Well, t- maybe we'll talk about this more, but he's immortal, right? Sauron? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the same fate. That's why he's able to not be fully destroyed. Is that because even when the ring was destroyed, was he fully destroyed? I think he was fully destroyed with the ring. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. But yeah, just like just what a tragic end. Well, yeah, that's you. You do bad things. And I guess like the gods aren't like 
altruistic, amazing people, but they definitely no. wanted the best for the, the the beings they created, you know? Yeah. Um, But I think what I kind of like about Saruman being a bad dude is, A, like, it was probably the first time I had, like, read in a book and felt the true betrayal. Mm. And, like, because if, if it's not only a betrayal to Gandalf, you're feeling it you're feeling it for Gandalf and also you're feeling betrayed. Like, but I liked this guy and he, he seemed, he's another wizard, you know? Yeah. But I like that. Cause you're not really getting, I guess if you're corrupt, if you're a corrupt elf, you're an orc pretty much. Cause pretty you don't much. really have bad orc elves hanging around. Legolas's dad is like, not a great guy, <laughs> you know, he's not, but he's hot. <laughs> he's, he's got it going on. Uh, God, I, uh, I want Lee Pace to show up in Rings of Power season two. I don't think it will. It, I think... Could, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't happen in a, in a million years. Although I love that idea as well oh, too. God. He he's was just, just like a little too old now to to like still look. He's also too hot for the cast of Rings of Power. Can we be honest there? Like you're gonna. You don't you think Charlie Vickers is? Who's Charlie Vickers? He's a. I think that's his name is uh, Sauron. You don't think he's not a hottie patati? I don't think he's bad looking at all. No, I don't think anyone's sure. ugly on the cast. Like, let me be clear no, here. Oh, I'm sorry. But, We're forgetting how hot the elf is. The he he is the, the only hottest elf. one. He is the only person that would have got it booked apart in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. I will say sure, that. Sure, sure. He, no, I mean, he wouldn't as, because he's as half black. Dumb. As, yeah, as, <laughs> no, that's the thing. As dumb as like racist trolls would want to say, he is literally the only one that is like <laughs> hot enough to be in Peter Jackson's Lord <laughs> totally. of the Rings. Like everyone is like good looking. He is hot. Like Lee Pace, hot. Hot. Kate Blanchett, hot. hot. Miranda Otto, hot. Orlando right. Bloom, uh, <laughs> Sean Morf Bean. Morfitt uh, Clark, okay. <laughs> yeah, Viggo, Morfitt Clark, beautiful. Right. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, hot. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> it, that is the standard by which you need to be cast. You're totally right. Um, I, Peter I Jackson's first question is, are you a slamming hottie? <laughs> and Vigo's like, have you? <laughs> I mean, I'll take my shirt off. I mean, look who gotta... they originally cast. They cast Stuart Townsend. Right. Who was like, just, he's just hot. Smoking. Like... Smoking. Like, I, I will say this is a little bit of a tangent as well, but like now watching the movies and watching, seeing how white it is, it's actually kind of embarrassing that they didn't go, oh, this is a fantasy world. It doesn't, these don't all need to be white people. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it really is a symptom of the time. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons I genuinely like Rings of Power is because it's like, of course there's diversity <laughs> in, the, in yeah. these worlds, but that is a digression. And you're right. He, that, uh, what is his name? Arondir? Is that his name? I think it's Yes, Arondir. Oh, it is. No one, I honestly, I honestly think he shoots a bow better than Orlando Bloom. I will I, there is some, respectfully there is some, disagree. There is some like ab body curvature that I've never seen before on a human It's being. unfair because L Orlando Bloom never got to be sleeveless. Sure. Ho Hobbit Orlando Bloom, if they gave him no sleeves, like Lord he of the Rings. He would like a waif. He would no, have looked way Hobbit, too. No, Hobbit, Orlando oh, Bloom. Hobbit, 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 Hobbit. Yes, you're right. Because Orlando actually... Bloom got in shape. <laughs> Orlando Bloom is like, he's he's a stocky guy now. Like, he's got some weight on him. Right. Lord of the Rings, Orlando Bloom, absolutely. He's a waif. We would he's never waif, put him that's, in. But that's why it makes it so cool is that, like, you wouldn't ever think that this guy would be such totally. a badass, and he is. But Hobbit, Hobbit Orlando Bloom is like dual wielding that sword against uh he's a brute with yes. the arrow do you know what he's I mean? thick <laughs> he is and the way he's like he might as well be punching you with releasing the bow so yes I'm, so i'm not saying he's a bad arrow uh, arrow is, is what i was gonna say archer, archer. <laughs> <laughs> jesus arrow uh, sounds like something very different <laughs> <laughs> you're right but also something he would be probably but no arondir thranduil is an arrowist let's be honest here ismail uh cruz something i think uh, really close to his name um he is a and also not an amazing actor, but beautiful and releases an arrow with his entire body like I've never seen. It is something to behold. And they used that man properly. They knew how to choreograph him. I don't think they used him enough. 
Like that's that's the thing is they that, could like, use I, him more. I'm with you on that, but I'm, I, and it's not even about like being like having more action, but the action they do have with this character, like he knows his choreography, he knows like his angles of how to look good and how to look cool, and they're just like, eh, we're gonna give you like one prison camp scene, and then you're gonna shoot like one arrow. Oh, uh, you are miss you're forgetting the quote unquote one shot where he's fighting that gigantic orc. But that's the thing is that I don't want to see an elf 1v1 an orc unless, like, uh, Azog and Bulg are different. And, they, and they're proven to be different within the movie itself. And this so, was like, still pretty scary, though. And what Rings of Power did pretty well was remind us of actually how scary a one orc could be. And this guy was – it was a big orc. And you're right. It's not Azog. Town, against the townspeople of the Southlands, Absolutely. Against Bronwyn, Bron, uh, what was his name? I was well, Bronwyn, Bronwyn is the is girl, the, the woman. Yeah, uh, the milf. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've had a crush on her since like I saw her. Have in... you? Well, how she's like Barney's girlfriend for like oh. a, a solid handful of episodes in How I Met Your Mother, and so like I was like, oh my gosh, she is just gorgeous. I couldn't get over that they hired a woman with obvious fillers and Botox in Lord in. To be in Middle Earth. And I know that's a little shallow, but it's like, I'm looking at, it is, it just like, she looked so modern is my point that it was really hard to get over as the character. But I I didn't even know she had a career before that. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know. I understand you're saying, but no, no one will ever be better than like, even like you look at uh, Avengers, like they gave Jeremy Renner when he was at his most ripped. He let, let him be sleeveless because it adds to an archer just like pulling that thing yeah. back. You don't think I took glamour shots when I was sleeveless at the Renaissance Fair? That's the whole point, people. Come on. And I am. I, this might make people question. I'm a huge Jeremy Renner Avengers fan. I Okay, you're going to say. <laughs> you're going to stand there and say Jason Momoa is the worst actor being Jeremy Renner's a great actor. Jeremy Renner's a great actor. Give me a Jason Momoa Wind River. I want to see Jason Momoa in those things. Hollywood hasn't given him that. And maybe he doesn't want it. Maybe he just wants to get paycheck no, after think paycheck of being he himself. He wants to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. all he wants is to work. And like he's he was on Baywatch, you know, living paycheck to paycheck for half of his life, and suddenly he gets this breakout Snyderverse role, and he's like I can be a hell yeah brother and do that for every role I get. I listen. Absolutely. It's, it's smart. It's smart. And The Rock, it's just like The Rock. Not a um, particularly good actor, but knows exactly where knows he exactly fits. Knows exactly his lane, yeah. And, and you know, actually there's a great Emma Thompson quote who worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger and someone asked her so is arnold a good actor and she's oh hell no but he knows exactly what he's i think arnold's a good actor well arnold what her point was arnold isn't a good actor but he knows what he's doing and what he has to do in order to do that that was her argument because i understand i'm not gonna like argue (laughs) emma thompson (laughs) about acting like who the heck am i but i will argue that his mark i don't think the rock could play the terminator I think that it's actually like a really hard role to do, mm. like to be like that convincing as like a killing machine, like this mm. emotionless thing. Um, and Arnold's funny. Is it possible though that they hire Arnold because he can't really do emotional? No, no, no. I think like James Cameron is also a genius, saying like, okay, this guy can't speak, especially in the eighties. Right. This guy can't speak English that well, so we're gonna have him just be huge and menacing and terrifying and have like five lines but one of his five lines i'll be back is one of the most iconic things ever said of all of all time. and then you play him in the next movie he has like three more iconic lines and so it's like james and, cameron and you believe him as like a father figure you and he's so do. good he's so good so i i don't and i put i put like the rock and jason moe in the same level and then i put like arnold and like Dave Batista's getting up there uh, you know very what? fast. I think even on this podcast, I have disparaged Dave Batista. And I recant that because he really, he, he must be working with an acting coach really hard. Yes. Because he wants to be good at this. And he, I, I know I said that the movie was mid, 
but he did some great things in Guardians 3 that were beautiful and a little and surprising which yep it does you know i even said i say this about john cena too john cena is a fantastic actor peacemaker's great he's fantastic in that and you wouldn't have caught me saying that 10 years nope. ago so anyway i we just recast the hobbit with john cena the rock john cena Saruman, uh the <laughs> rock as you know, Azog. I'd uh -huh. you. I'd actually oh, love to see that, honestly. Snap, actually, you. <laughs> and Dave Batista's Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, Dave Batista could do it. He's got that gentle. Did you see Knock at the Cabin? Um, I am scared to watch it. It's really it's it's suspenseful. It's, it's not like yeah, it's not yes. that scary. It's suspenseful, and he does such a good job of being the most giant man you've ever seen, but being so soft. Well, he knows how to empathize, right? He knows how to like, he knows how to convince, he's a very manipulative, like as yeah. when he wants to be at, as characters. Um, and to your point too, what a great transition for him to play. Like, okay, maybe he's not the best actor yet, but as his character in Guardians, that works perfectly, you know. It works so well. Did you so have anyway. you seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine too? I saw his his scene in that. I yeah. Didn't oh it. man, him opening that movie is just so great. And I'm like, and like, I did disparage well. that. I disparaged that. Uh, I thought it was like okay, but it but you know it's rose colored glasses. It's got it's grown on me a little bit. Anyway, did we think we we did our job a little bit today? I think we did. I think we you know like Sermon. It's it's like I said earlier, it's tough to talk about him without like having the gift of hindsight where like was did he go into Orthanc for the plantier for evil things or was he just trying to learn more like because the first time he used the plantier was the year 3000 of the third age. Uh, and like that was like kind of probably when Saruman started like kind of coming back in him. Um, it was that early because, you know, using that like. Sarman has control over all the Palantirs. Well, so, so that's what I was going to say, too, is kind of like, what the heck were you thinking, Treebeard? But one of the quotes that's uh, even like pulled out on the fandom website is, even in his weakened, beaten state, Saruman still had this enigmatic pull over people. Oh, besides yeah. like a Gandalf or a Nelrond or, you know, Galadriel. So it would make sense after months of being held up by him, Treebeard probably also falls victim to Sauron as well. Yes. Um, in much in the same way, Sauron, um, Sauron will play on everybody's desire for power. And, and I does. Yeah. I think that is interesting. Like to be fair, Galadriel didn't become Galadriel until, Tolkien was like, oh, you know what? There should be a lady elf in Lorien, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, he has a lot of hindsight, too. But it, but I kind of think it's interesting. It's like a big brother, little brother situation with Gandalf and Saruman. I do, too. And I, I like the, the jealousy aspect of it. And whether or not you want to say that it was, like, the beginning of the end, like, so early, where it's just, like, automatically, like, this jealous, like, I don't... Who would you say is the big brother? Would you say Gandalf is the big brother? No, I think he's the little brother because he's like the most liked. And yeah, he's, he, definitely he's like the baby. following the footsteps of like, because like Saruman was uh, widely respected, widely respected. Yeah. He was brilliant and he did do good things. And that's why I'm not saying like he's, his actions are forgivable, but like he was so smart and he couldn't see a result that didn't end in Sar Sauron succeeding, you know? So he kind of was like, can't win, fight with him instead, you know? Yeah. So I'm not saying, like, he made the right choice. It was Gandalf's just belief in humanity that made it th made him think for a second they would even win. But that was pretty foolhardy, you know? Or not foolhardy, but, like, um, unlikely, really. So Sauron was just trying to be... Sauron was trying to be practical, ultimately, yeah. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's excusable. I'm just saying I think that's where he, that's how he convinced himself he was doing the right thing. I definitely think that's how he convinced himself. Like, because you, you see the odds stacking up on one side and you want to, you know, join the winning team. But, and also it's like, Saruman, you were the leader. You were the leader of the White Council. Yeah. You were the like, first one you to come could, here. You could sway the battle pretty like, hard. If you they probably had, would have. 
He probably definitely would have, like, for sure. Because Gandalf, you have, like, he's pivotal, more than pivotal in... I mean, that's why they have to piece him out midway through. Because, like, okay, well, if Gandalf the White's here, they're going to win right away and we don't have a book, you know? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, join us next week when we uh, most definitely hit some tangents when we're trying to talk about Gollum, the Nazgul, and Sauron. And what buff actor would play Sauron? Like... Ooh, I don't think you have a buff actor play Sauron, but we will talk about that more. Oh, if you have a, a, an idea as to who would play Sauron that isn't Charlie Vickers, you can always uh, message us at uh, Twitter on Twitter, which is uh, at Pod of the Rings or Instagram Podcast of the Rings. You can go onto our Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod of the Rings. Uh, and Ben, did I take it? What else should they? Oh, they could email us. They could email us. Podcast of the Rings at Gmail. I want to get some questions. I'd love to do like a Q&A episode too. I actually really love that idea. That would be very fun. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, I think that's. I think that about does it for today. If you I think, think so. If you think we missed something about Saruman or if we're Saruman apologists and you're angry at us, let us know. Uh, ben, anything you want our friends to know about what you're up to? Uh, no, I'm good. Get out of here is what he just said. All right. Get out of here. Get out of here. And until next time. May our paths meet again.